When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Spotcast. This is episode number 24. My name is Timitra and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Olympus Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we're also joined by Jonathan Firewolf Kuline over there in Mississauga. Finally! Firewolf! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, well, let's start off the show as we usually do. Let's have some fact check on our last uh, episode. Uh, Jonathan, well, take do, away. Well, do you want me to do the fact? This is your fact check. You crushed it this week. I, oh, I got to like, kick I? back and relax. I, oh, okay. I, I, okay, I, I okay. corroborate your fact check. You're, you nailed it. Okay, so okay, so I okay, you're right. I did this do this one. I I thought you had added some stuff to it, but now that I'm looking at it, it's all me. No, no, you, you nailed it. This is all the black ink that I used. Okay, so at one twelve uh, in the to the show, we talked about. I was talking about a boy who returns with powers, and the name of the show was in fact Beyond, as I said. Started in 2016, and it was not the family as Jonathan thought. And a young actor named Berkeley Duffield plays Holden Matthews, who actually wakes from a 12 year coma, not not from having gone somewhere else and disappearing and stuff like that but he was in a coma for 12 years and in his mind he went somewhere let's put it that way um 3823 the undiscovered country which i mentioned uh starts off with the destruction of praxis not chronos as i thought um in, in as i was speaking about it we did mention it later on in the show but there you go at 3607 aaron harberts the show producer one of the show producers um uh, mentioned on after trek when he was on with shanika martin green and the other lady who I can't remember her name who's the other producer and the actor who plays Stamets can't remember his name either oh well too bad we're not having fact check next week <laughs> um, he did he did mention that we should pay attention to that green spore because they were trying to ask him you know can you leak something about what's happening next time and that's all he would give us but we already surmised that that would be a significant uh, plot point coming in the future and finally at 5317 we all were all talking about this one particular character whose name is Lieutenant Commander Aram, and I believe she is the she's a special ops uh, spore drive operator um, played by Hamilton's own Sarah Millich, and she is actually an augmented alien, not an augmented human, as we thought. Oh, there you go. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, and just one other last, last little point. Uh, they do mention during, I believe, during this show that um, I mean the last episode that uh, this all happens ten years before Spock and Kirk. I can't remember where I got that fact from, but uh, so I think in. Dear was asking my sister and dear was asking me where when when exactly this takes place so it's 10 years before spock and kirk and in breaking fact check news the names you're looking for are anthony rapp and gretchen berg thank you thank you very much <laughs> thanks for that thanks for that save there firewolf okay so firewolf why don't you take it away and uh, give us some uh, tim i, I like news. how you have yeah? the the note here on um sarah Matich. is that how that's pronounced uh sarah Mitich, yeah. Mitich being from yeah. uh, bob hamilton ontario which is fantastic <laughs> 
<laughs> Hamilton, Ontario. Yes. yes. Named after Bob. Yep. Yep. All right. So we have a little uh, little news. We'll get into that before we get to our recap of uh, of the final episode this season of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, so uh, we talked uh, weeks previously about the reboot of Greatest American Hero. So they've announced who is going to be the star of that show, and it is Hannah Simone. Uh, maybe familiar to people who are fans of Fox's sitcom New Girl. Uh, she is one of the actresses there, and she's quite delightful on that show. So uh, that definitely is a reason to get excited about that. Uh, she's very, very beautiful. She's very, very funny. And uh, when they talked about that sort of flawed character uh, that they wanted to cast as the greatest American hero, I think she will be an excellent fit there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we also got news that there's going to be a new regular cast member on the Orville next season. Uh, Jessica, okay, you guys want to help me out here? Zor. Zor. Zor yeah. uh, has been cast as a uh, season regular, but they haven't said it as what. Um, so that'll be kind of interesting. I wonder where we see her fitting in, if this means they're going Wait, to... Wait, she's from Shameless. Yes. Yes. It's, uh... Which is one of my favorite shows. I'm trying to figure out who she is now. Yeah. So she was also on Twin Peaks and uh, she's been on a bunch of other stuff. And it says that she's joining the cast that also includes yada, 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 yada. This is from our, our uh, good friends here at Deadline Hollywood. And um, yeah, it, it doesn't say what she's going to be playing. It doesn't say that they're getting rid of any characters. So I don't know if they're just expanding the cast or if this mm-hmm. is uh, they're going to kill somebody off or be interesting. So hmm. Hmm. that is interesting to see how they'll sort of maybe slot Seth Rogen's character in. has another ex-wife. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A future Mrs. Ex-wife to the captain. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got news that uh, Mary J. Blige is going to be joining the Umbrella Academy. Netflix is making uh, the Umbrella Academy, a great dark horse comic that's being turned into a, a television series. Uh, excited about that one. Good to see that. Uh, we were all a little excited on Twitter this week. We were all on board when we found out that Salem Saberhagen will return to Sabrina. Uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina coming to Netflix. Uh, they have announced that they are bringing the cat back. I know Jaime was doing uh, cartwheels and backflips over this. Yeah, it's good to have that continuity. And uh, I think we determined that it was going to be like a normal cat with a little bit of CGI, not the not the puppet like they had on the Sabrina, the Teenage Witch show with uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Nor is it going to be, as I posited, uh, Doug Jones uh, performing the role of, <laughs> of the cat. Christopher Plummer not available. Or it's not going to be um, Michelle Yeoh's leg either, so... <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the scandal the scandal <laughs> let me have this uh it'll be interesting to see uh what they do i, I haven't heard any word whether they're going to bring back uh the guy who did the voice he did the voice on the show and he did the voice on the i thought you said version. he was coming back i don't know the character's coming back but we don't oh. know that the guy's coming back to do the voice so that'll be mm. that'll be interesting uh news today from uh entertainment weekly uh apparently uh greg nicotero uh from the walking dead has been teasing the fact there will be a fully nude zombie on the second half of the season coming up starting yeah, to which i say why soon uh yeah i think that is the question on everyone's mind at this point why a fully nude zombie but apparently they're going there all right male or female i did not say but knowing this television thing the way it is i'm going to say female just as a guess mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i don't know uh we got news that v the uh popular miniseries slash tv show from the 1980s 
slash reboot from the early 2000s is being brought right. back for a third time. This time it's being plotted as a trilogy of motion pictures. Uh, so I think it's a great idea. The whole, you know, aliens come to Earth, they have ulterior motives, they're eating us like hamsters. Uh, it's it's a great plot. It was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. And uh, yes, I do, in fact, have every issue of the comic book series that was tied into it. Right, right. But Wasn't Ilsa in that one too? Uh, that's a good question. I think Ilsa was in that one, the TV show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend of mine, Ilsa. <laughs> it was uh, it was good. So I, I think that could work. Although you think of it failed, like that can't have been that long ago. That was only like, what, 10, 12 years ago, 10 years ago that they did that? Maybe 10. Well, the reboot or the original one? The reboot. The reboot was uh, an ABC Yeah, Marina Baccarin. Marina Baccarin. Yeah. It was like, like maybe not even 10 years ago and it only lasted two seasons. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to see why they think this will work now. Other than the fact that IP is working like crazy for people right now, but yeah, I don't know. It was an interesting show when it first came out, like you said, because it was kind of caught everybody by surprise in terms of sort of the plot line, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was these... one of those big blockbuster uh, three part event miniseries things, and then they they brought it back for like a couple more to sort of wrap that up, and then it was so popular they brought it back as a show. Although the show only lasted one season um they did have a devoted like 11 year old me watching it every week but uh yeah it was it was a phenomenon for a little while there wasn't the lady from lost in that one too the, yes the blonde... yes she yeah. was she was so yeah hmm. that was that wasn't that long ago it was maybe three years ago longer yeah whatever the, oh that that show was on the air yeah i don't think it was that long ago because i i mean i didn't watch lost and i i you know very clearly remember her and marina background in it for sure yeah right? I, again we'll... oh you know what marina background after that went to Gotham. um homeland Gotham. She was on Gotham. For- Gotham, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, right. yeah. Because she did Homeland, then she was on. Then she was. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Uh, so we also found out this week a bunch of different places, including the Hollywood Reporter, reporting that uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who just left Marvel Comics, he was their sort of uh, flagship writer, uh, just left Marvel for, for rival DC to write all their superhero titles, uh, Superman titles, is also working with uh, Deadpool director Tim Miller on a Kitty Pride movie. Now, we had talked about the Kitty Pride movie being a thing that apparently that was being worked on, but uh, that's some pretty heavyweight talent to put behind this, too. So so uh, really keen to see what comes of that. Always one of my favorite characters. We talked about this uh, a few episodes ago. Like I think, you know, Jaime and I both share an affection for the character. But uh, yeah, that's that's a really good writer and a really good director. So the recipe is good. The ingredients are good. Now we'll see if they can make something out of it. Yeah, make its own gravy. Indeed. And they've got the portrayal of Colossus in the Deadpool series that hopefully they can play a little bit off of or uh, set up for that in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they tie that all together. Uh, news today that uh, Alita, the uh, which was what was the full title in uh, in the anime Jaime Battle Angel Alita Battle Angel Alita. So this is the uh, live action version that's been made. Uh, they have announced that they are pushing it back. It was going to be released in July. Now it's being pushed back to December twenty first. So if you're looking for something to do over the Christmas break, apparently that's going to be your uh, popcorn date. Um, it's coming out at the on the same date as Aquaman, Bumblebee, and Holmes and Watson so that it's got some all the big sort of go see something over the Christmas break movies are all lining up now Uh, we also got news that uh, the Predator the Predator reboot um, is going to be moved as well that one was supposed to be out uh, in August and now it's moving to middle of September so it's right off the summer 
slate entirely. Hmm. Make of that what you will. I, I, I kind of wonder at what point is the point of no return in terms of actually having to release the movie versus saying, forget it, just sell it to Netflix and let them show it. I was just going to say, I wonder how much money Netflix would play, pay for a Predator flick to release exclusively because that seems to be the direction these things are going. And speaking yeah. of which, uh, Netflix just bought Extinction, which was a uh, sci-fi flick that was made by Universal. Uh, it's got some some firepower behind it. It's got, um, oh, Michael Pena, Mike Coulter, who plays Luke Cage. It's got Lizzie Kaplan from Masters of Sex. Uh, Mike, uh, Michael Pena is, of course, from um, uh, uh, Ant-Man. And it sounds good. It sounds like an interesting sci-fi movie. It's about a guy who has a recurring dream this family's going to die. Aliens show up and he realizes that he actually has the power to stop them. So it's a little, you know, it might be a little familiar, but again, it doesn't sound like, you know, flop material. But apparently Universal made went the same route that Paramount did with Cloverfield Paradox and basically said, you know what? We don't want to put this out and invest all the money in marketing it and everything else. So they chucked it over to Netflix. Yeah, it's a sort of captive audience. It's a good idea, you know. I am all for it. If they want to keep putting out like, you know, long, like two hour sci-fi flicks that, you know, other companies don't want to put out, I'm, I'm down. That's good. Bring it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the last bit we got here was that uh, Annihilation, which is another movie we talked about that's going to be on Netflix, although not here in North America. Um, Annihilation is being uh, slammed a little bit because uh, apparently it has been uh, whitewashed. Apparently they have taken uh, characters that in the book were supposed to be... Pl- uh, one of the characters is supposed to be of Asian descent. One of them is supposed to be of uh, half American Indian, half Caucasian. And apparently they're both being played by white people. Uh, Natalie Portman and Jennifer Jason Lee, respectively. And so as they deserve, they got a little slammed this week. And to the point where even Natalie Portman herself was being interviewed this week and said, you know what, you're right. We should have, you know, totally done that. Of course, that is kind of a nice Monday morning quarterbacking on somebody who just got paid to make the movie. But yeah, again, yet another movie that's kind of getting uh, taken to the woodshed for the fact that it is doing this. Now, the article on Hollywood Reporter points out that there's a great supporting cast. Gina Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson, Benedict Wong all have key roles. Um, So it's not just a movie that's full of white people. But these two main characters, the two primary characters, were supposed to be of uh, mixed race and are not. So, yeah. Yeah. So I guess they do yeah. deserve a little bit of a butt kicking and uh, we'll see if it has any impact on. I, I mean, it's hard to say what this one was going to do. I don't know that a whitewashing uh, criticism is going to do a lot of harm to this film. I don't know if there was a lot of buzz for it, but never a good thing to have as your first Google search entry. Yeah. And uh, I was not that familiar with the source material. That's hard to say, like how sort of egregious it is of a, of a change like i don't know ghost in the shell is probably the, the biggest one that comes to mind oh yeah um I, I can kind of understand why they did it for uh the main character to bring in natalie portman i'm a little less clear why they did it for the supporting cast i'm very curious to see what the decision was there well and i guess the the counter argument to that is instead of hiring natalie portman why don't you make tessa thompson the star of that movie and have natalie portman play a smaller role or hire somebody uh, another person to play that role you know what i mean like Mm-hmm. At a cer- at a certain yes. point, we just need to take our best actors who also happen to have you know color in their skin and give them roles that they can you know make work in that way. I don't know. It just it seems maybe like- they're just being cautious because it is Natalie Portman after all, right? You know, yeah. But again, how much how much box office draw does she really have? I guess I guess that's the question, right? Yeah, I mean, she's Caucasian, but she's Jewish. Does that is that or is there any kind of? Oh, no? are we going to go there? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> 
anyways, but speaking of butt kicking, Tim. Yeah, I was going to say speaking of butt kicking. So, so there's been a bit of a debate here on on the, the show, as you know. Um, if you listen to last week's episode, <laughs> I think some of us were upset about my my analysis of the slowed up. Um, don't kick say by don't say Muppet leg. Don't Michelle say Muppet Yo. leg. I wasn't going to say Muppet leg, but um, and and so one on my PVR, I slowed it down, and and uh, it it did look on the PVR out of focus and all that kind of stuff. It it did look kind of not realistic. Although I do believe it was Michelle Yeoh's leg that came up and, and was in, intending to hit Jason Isaacs, who was holding her from behind. But to me, the angle was all wrong. But then that's typical of Hollywood punches and that kind of stuff. You know, they don't actually hit each other in these things. They make it, they, they set up the cameras so that they look like they're hitting. Or if you ever notice when somebody's pointing a gun at another character or another actor on the stage on the film, they're actually not pointing the gun directly at the actor. They're, they're off to the side or whatever. It's the camera angle that makes it look like they're pointing a gun at them. Anyway, um, so I did some research. I, 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 I went into Google and I said, "Okay, let's Michelle. Let me let me see Michelle Yeoh kicking because I know you guys have mentioned Michelle Yeoh. My only reference to her is is the James Bond movie she was in, and of course, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, right? Um, so I hadn't really seen much of her, and I know she's a big holly, a big um, uh, star in Hong Kong, right? So I went and watched this video, and I did some bit of research on her. And it turns out that Michelle Yeoh is actually a dancer, not a martial artist. Like she's not trained trained as a traditional martial artist. So what she does is she combines her dance moves with the coach." she has on set to make it look like she's kicking people's butts but that's okay so there's a uh, uh, basically somebody's put together a whole um, it's like a six minute long video of all the, the kick butting action that Michelle Yeoh has done across the various movies including the two that I mentioned right and so I draw your attention to if you watch this clip or if you want to just zoom ahead to 223, 459 and 514 in this, in this video clip on YouTube that's when she actually does a kick like Jaime and and Jonathan are saying that she did in in uh, where she basically kicks the person behind her kind of there's all kinds of other kicks that she's doing like you know like punches and things like that and um so it's it's actually pretty good uh good um, compendium of Michelle Yeoh in action as a as a martial arts quote unquote star the air quotes there so, anyway just so are you willing to back off on the Muppet leg thing now um well no I mean having so Jaime <laughs> Jaime posted a, a clip to our um our Slack channel which was clearer right. I think it was probably done from a digital transfer. Uh, it's still an animated GIF. Um, it does, in fact, look more like it was Michelle Lo- Michelle Yeoh's actual leg. I defy you to to, sh- to show me how she actually hits him in the face because she's just li- lifting her leg straight up. You know, again, she's going to be back here in a few months filming. I might get her to come over and kick you in the face and see if it's real. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, hey, just do the research, man. She's a dancer. She it's all it's all it's all smoke and mirrors, right? So anyway, but yeah. So but it, it was interesting to watch this video. I mean, she does, you know, it, it is very effective in terms of the movies that she's been in. Um, and, and because she's been doing this for many, many years, probably like, you know, t- 10 or 15, 20 years, maybe of, of her kicking various, you know, butts in, in, in Hong Kong flicks as well as North American flicks. Right. So, uh, you know, if you're interested, if you're interested in watching Michelle Yeoh in action, I recommend you watch this. Cause I mean, we, the other thing too, the other problem that, that, that with this is this particular clip that we're talking about in discovery and we're talking about in the, the episode before, which was called, uh, they've seen my neck. Is that the one? No. Uh, the last episode was called the war without the war within. No, the one before that was, What's was, past was prologue was that maybe the was one. one. Yeah. Where, where just before when they're fighting on the thing, the problem with the kick was, and, and 
and again, maybe the behind the scenes thing will show better. But the problem with the kick was the camera was too close on the two on the two actors, right? If it was a little bit further back, you might have been able to see that. In fact, she was you know motioning up her leg to kick the person. But yeah, it was it was it was the set was too dark and and the camera was too close on the two actors, right? So. The animated GIF um, told me a little bit more because I was able to watch it a few times and say, oh, okay. So yeah. uh, when I was watching the show live, I was like, oh, that kick went straight up, right? It's what I remember it and it's yeah, kind of closer yeah. to what you you have here linked in the, thankfully, uh, and linked with the um, time codes on the <laughs> YouTube channel because I, yeah. I, I compared. Yeah. Um, I would assume that it's it's a little bit less straight up um, as it is when she was, you know, a much younger woman. And it's a little bit more off to the side and then up. So she rotates the hip a little bit differently. At the end of the day, none of us can do this kind of thing. Well, yeah. So <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? I was, about, saying, right? I was like, it's, it's still very uh, dramatically effective, right? He's like, holy smokes, look at that. Look what she just did. I still think that that move is awesome. It's the kick knife out of the midair. The, that that one is a win. That That's that's a really awesome shot. The mm-hmm, guy's like, mm-hmm. chucks a knife, and she's just like, get that knife out of here with my foot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's our, our we're, I guess we're all fans of Michelle Yo. I mean, you know, I think we all are. There you go. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. All right, so hey, people, this is the part of the show where we talk about the actual episode we just watched. Well, I mean, I think a lot of you have probably seen it already, but if you haven't, we're going to talk about episode 15, which is the season finale of Star Trek Discovery. Will You Take My Hand is the name of the episode, and uh, I think Jaime is going to lead us off. So give her. Yeah, so when we last left the Discovery crew, we had uh, had the whole sort of like cover-up of the mirror universe and the fact that the supposed Captain Philippa Georgiou, who has been like found in a cupboard somewhere during the war is like oh no it's actually the emperor right and there's this whole sort of setup where um she is going to captain the discovery and in that we begin sort of this episode with a little bit of um what banter if we might want to call it negativity um as uh, things are very sort of tense she is uh, you know former empress emperor and um she is struggling rather mightily to to seem like a normal human being rather than a mirror universe human being and uh there's a bit of tension there and and, and michael Burnham kind of uh, pushes really hard like you know oh yeah tell me where where did you where did you grow up is it and she's like oh malaysia obviously and, and like, hey come, come come with me on a walk and, and gives her a little bit of a dressing down of like look you need to cut this out right like whether you agree with this this take or not like blowing my cover is not good you know i mean i'm basically gonna help you guys win the war and so uh we end up with uh ash tyler saying that uh you know uh with this drone we can map chronos right uh get possible targets for this attack because we can use it to map the uh, dormant which will be important dormant quote-unquote volcanic system beneath the surface of the planet and so the discovery ends up um jumping to that position in kind of a really cool special effect as they're like like it wasn't perfect and clean right they're kind of leaning into the ground a little bit and having to stabilize themselves um and sort of the hypothesis here is like all right well there's a an orion what syndicate i think they call it the orion syndicate um outpost colony on chronos where it's almost like a like an embassy sort of thing but it's like it's like the seedy part of town right it's like uh klingons go there even humans go there but it's like a place you don't want to be it's a it's a place a, a hive of scum and villainy kind of like most Eisley from star wars and uh supposedly there's a shrine there for people who worshipped um molor moloch i forget what he was called but it was like the the klingon devils you know the one that kalis ended up defeating and and, and turning into uh to ash or something i forget what they've, they've discussed this on like episodes he's page nine yeah but nevertheless hmm? <laughs> i'm with you i feel yeah I'm, I'm there uh nevertheless uh the the disco crew is like all right like we're getting ready here like to get set for this plan which is going to involve uh, uh in a way party of trejo um, michael burnham ash tyler and they say oh yeah uh, we're gonna pull in 
Tilly um, at Georgia's request. And Tilly's like apparently not in on the plan because she's like, oh, hey, it's you. And they're like, oh, no, no, she's not in. In a great bit, Tilly like gives the little like like Nazi style salute that the yeah. mirror universe does. <laughs> Michael's do like, please don't, don't do that. that. Yeah. Please don't do that. <laughs> Um, but you know, Tilly's has the role of like, she's going to be like the meal, right? She's supposed to bring the, the drone here that the Giorgio has. Um, yeah, they have a, a nice scene of, of sort of like setup of how things go when they get onto the planet surface. We see that, uh, Klingons do in fact have two orifices at the very least. We didn't really get confirmation of exactly how their uh, organs work, but there's a Klingon male who is urinating on, on the wall, I think. Um, yeah, it's several with, flows at once. With, yeah. Yeah. More than one stream, which you don't normally you don't normally have in a healthy human being. Um, <laughs> kind of makes you look at Tyler a little different, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Commander Worf <laughs> and his relationships. <laughs> um, they how, also could have... Riker, how could Riker measure up now that you think about it? Right, right. <laughs> And they have uh, a whole set of uh, scenes, uh, you know, nice, nice little moments, I should say, of you know them trying out some of the food and dealing with like weapons dealers, trying to get information. They end up going to what I could only call a, a, an Orion gentleman's club, for lack of a better term, but it's or, it's very Bordello, inclusive. Yeah. They have both men and women, so whatever your your particular tastes are. Um, and they split up in there, like, all right, let's let's go get some information, which splits up the crew into Giorgio going off and having like her own fun with like a two two. Two slaves. two slaves yeah yeah two orion slaves a, a man and a woman um michael burnham and ash tyler end up going over to this corner where there's some sort of klingon game of chance going on and he's like oh yeah i i kind of remember that voke was like was pretty good at this i'm gonna get into it and so he goes in there he, he starts acting you know more aggressive and uh towards the other klingons and you know speaks in klingon and stuff uh and this kind of comes up later in the episode that he's like you know they they found it kind of amusing i was like a dog with skis <laughs> you know they find it kind of amusing that a human would speak Klingon. Um, and then we also have uh, Tilly, who ends up uh, hanging out with uh, Clint Howard, who is an Orion, who is like sniffing some sort of... He's like, he's huffing glue, but it's like coming out of like a, what appears to be an Ash type sort of system. Not Ash Tyler, but like some sort of smoke system. And they have a little bit of a scene where she tries some of his like little smoke, ends up like getting really high, passes out temporarily. He's trying to cut the uh, the little drone box off of her, off of her wrist because it's attached kind of like, you know, like with handcuff kind of thing and uh she ends up asking him like what the heck was this what what are you even like, oh it's just from the volcanic ash you know she's like what you mean no it can't be like there's dormant volcanoes he's like no 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 there, there's live volcanoes down here beneath the surface and so she finally at this point decides to open up the the box for the drone and she realizes like, oh my god she calls up burnham she's like uh this isn't a drone um this is a hydro bomb which we use on the discovery for x reason they i don't think they said exactly what the reason is that they, they use because she gets cut off by michael saying like what the hell what is this like i think the plan here is that instead of you know having a drone to map all these different spots uh we're gonna set off some sort of like you know weapon of mass destruction here that will cause the volcanic uh sort of substructure below the whole surface to go off and like basically commit genocide against the klingons like that's that's not what we were trying to do uh they end up you know back on discovery and uh having a little bit of a chit chat remotely with uh, admiral cornwell about like hey this is not cool this is not who we are we're not you know this is starfleet we don't we don't do genocide and 
there's a little bit of give and take about you know our values versus um you know existence because hey guess what like we're losing the war the klingons are like right here uh knocking on the door about to wipe us all out um but they come up with a, a, a different plan right she uh michael burnham convinces them hey instead of doing that look let's let's get Giorgio to give up the detonator in exchange for her freedom so here they've, they've sort of written her out for at least this season but leaving the possibility right like Giorgio's like whatever if you want to do it this way fine by me i'm gonna go live my life but they end up giving the detonator to the klingon captive laurel um who ends up using it as this threat of mass destruction to unite the klingon houses so this is how they get themselves out of the situation of uh we don't want to kill all the klingons but uh we also kind of want them to not be attacking the federation either um and then it sort of it sort of recaps rather quickly right like i i remember saying last episode like hey i don't think discovery can, can end this in like 45 minutes and boy oh boy did they say hold my beer and watch me do this <laughs> <laughs> Because in like the last 10 minutes, you have uh, a, a nice scene between um, Ash Tyler and Michael Burnham where they, they sort of see a little bit more eye to eye. Uh, she mentions how, like, um, you know, it was sort of crazy seeing him go back into that Klingon mode. But at the same time, now she kind of like actually sees him, right? She doesn't see uh, just Vogue's eyes. She doesn't see what she saw before she knew. It's like, okay, I see the, the actual person now. And uh, Tyler and Laurel end up uh, going back, uh, you know, or leaving you know, with the Klingon crew. Um, then we end up with so she's so, like Tyler's he's like Tyler's lapdog or something or Lorel's lapdog yeah mascot yeah yeah it's 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 really cute weird human, he's yeah. sort of a, a person without a home right he doesn't really fit rather well into either one of them um but the discovery crew they're they're back um back at the uh, UFP headquarters and there's some uh, nice speech stuff going on for Michael Burnham talking about Starfleet values there's a, a medal ceremony um because of her actions and and kind of reading between the lines maybe because Burnham has really damning evidence against both Sarek and Emerald Cornwell and the conspiracy <laughs> to commit genocide. I think that was unstated, but that's how I read it. Um, Michael Burnham is absolved of all her charges and given back her rank. So she is a, a commander again within Starfleet. Uh, she has a nice scene with, with Sarek, who uh, seems a little bit more tender than we're uh, a little bit more used to. And um, we also see that uh, Stamets accepts an award for uh, Culber um, on his behalf, uh, given that he has uh, met his untimely demise and um as we start ending the episode the discovery is apparently going to warp over to vulcan to pick up its new captain so for those of you who are following the uh, justice for sarushi <laughs> timeline um i'm gonna have to wait a little bit on that i guess and we end on a, a little bit of a more minor cliffhanger than i thought we would where the discovery receives a distress call from the uss enterprise who makes an appearance at the very tail end of each ship is sort of uh standing off in front of the other yeah it's actually captain by captain pike as well so yeah which makes sense given the the statement of what was it 10 years so we say 10 years right, before yeah, kirk and spock yeah. but that's sort of shorthand to say 10 years before kirk because spock was on there prior to kirk well actually no way yeah because because uh spock was his science officer at that point too right? well we don't know that he was that far back do we do we know that from the original series was it ten, yeah was he there he, 10 well years? In, in the episode the cage he's the science officer and and, and is that um, 10 years before Miguel barrett is yeah it, well, it must be because that's when christopher pike gets you know damaged or whatever yeah yeah no, okay. or no no he's no, not no, damaged he, later. he yeah, meets yeah, the yeah. orion he's he's fooled by the orions and and the yeah, yeah. the people that hold him in the cage right yeah, but yeah, uh yeah. and and um majel barrett is number one yeah, and yeah. there's that other the other sign mm -hmm. other officer as well lady officer it will be fascinating to see fascinating fascinating <laughs> see i see what you did there what yes. they do for next season if they are going to have a third actor play the part of spa 
Spock? Zachary Quinto, you know? Or think? maybe Zachary Quinto comes back, perhaps? Hmm. Or do they, yeah, I mean, hmm. Well, it's interesting. There's a couple of throwbacks here. Like we t- you, you mentioned in the notes here that wasn't covered off of the, the mind worms from uh, Seti Alpha 5. They are being cooked uh, for, for lunch on a pot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I Wasn't, didn't somebody eat one of those in one of the uh, other other episodes? Like the, the maybe when Riker, somebody gets served, oh, served up. Uh, oh, that's the season finale of uh, season one of TNG, right? Where they, those, those things that are infesting the admiralty of the, of the, uh, oh, is leads? that what that is? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That really yeah, weird, a different episode. bad, sci- uh, 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 claymation little wriggly monsters. That, that was one of the low watermarks, I think, for that TNG series. <laughs> right, right, okay. Although the bad admiral theme just continues to roll on like 25 years later. Like, oh, the admirals have made a really stupid decision that the captains of the ship will have to get them out of. That was like the theme of this episode. Cornwall right, makes yeah. bad decision. Everyone, oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. The undiscovered country again. Yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah. It just keeps going around and round and round. And speaking of undiscovered country, when when uh, the emperor goes in to interrogate Laurel near the beginning of the episode to get the information on uh, Kronos, she beats the heck out of her. And uh, right. Laurel is covered in red blood. Did we not really? establish in undiscovered country that Klingons don't have red blood? They have sort of purpley blood, right? It's sort of purpley blood. That was like the evidence on the boots that they had to go find, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's got a complicated history. And oh, this isn't like the it, head ridges it, again, is it? Yeah, not, I think it's it not quite like that complicated. Ridges, it seems more like if we do anything, it's it's more undiscovered. Sorry, undiscovered. It's more that dis- undiscovered country could arguably be the um, the outlier because for the vast majority of Klingons with blood sort of um, depictions, they leave it as sort of normal. You don't see like Pepto-Bismol coming off of like Lieutenant Worf <laughs> as an example. And I, I think the history that I read on this was that uh, in order to keep the rating, they couldn't have these red blobs of blood at, at that time because it was like the 90s, late 80s, early 90s. What? And and it's the sort of thing that would probably just get like a PG rating now, but was oh, be too I far you for that. Okay. Like three yeah. D gravity CGI blood floating through the, through the atmosphere. Or? Yeah, so they made it pink or pinkish yeah. to get past the sensors. But all right, Klingons got pinkish blood, just like Vulcans and Romulans have greenish blood. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. And Spock's got another about. brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, didn't didn't and also didn't Michael Dorn play his grandfather in the Undiscovered Country? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. weird. But and the other throwback, of course, was was the appearance of Clint Howard. I mean, as soon as I saw that, I practically <laughs> fell off my chair because yeah, that was I awesome. Think, I think he was probably in the first or second episode I ever saw of Star Trek, which was the Corborite maneuver, and that was actually in 1966. I don't remember seeing that one live, but I do remember seeing that one. Um, but he also played uh, a character named Grady in an episode called Part, Past Tense Part 2 in Deep Space Nine in 1995. He also played Muck, which was a, a um, Ferengi in an episode called Acquis- Acquisition in Enterprise 2000, in 2002. And he, in this one, he, he's described as his character name is Creepy Orion. So, Creepy Orion. 52 yeah. years of playing Star Trek characters. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, so he's been in every one except for the TNG, right? So... Yeah. Uh, well, oh, Voyager. And yeah. And Voyager. Virgin, yeah, Voyager. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, for those doing the math at home, if you don't remember, I had to look up to see, like, what? How is it possible? Oh, he was like a little baby kid. Oh, yeah, he was a child. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, he was a child, yeah. Because yeah. he, mm-hmm. he, did, he did that show and then he was in a TV show called Gentle, Gentle Ben where he was about, like, 
nine or ten. Yeah, and he looked like he looked like a relatively normal kid when he was a younger kid, and and I think he's is he Ron Howard's younger brother? Yes, yeah, or younger brother. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah cool. And he he was also in. Um, Apollo 13 for those of you following along. So just said. so some of my favorite moments from this episode, I I love the uh part where Tilly wants to have a moment alone with uh Burnham when they're down in the Orion camp and says, I'm I'm hungry. Who's hungry? And goes over and right, right. just accepts random food on a stick and starts eating it while she's trying to get some, you know, a little alone time with Burnham to try and figure out what's going on with the Emperor and then realizes she's eating chunks of space whale. Right, which we saw in the episode with um Harry Mudd, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Gormagander. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That was that was pretty awesome. Just a side note, both uh Shaniko Martin Green and and, and uh, the girl who plays Tilly. Mary Wiseman. Mary Wiseman are both vegetarians. So they had to make them special meat-like looking things to, for them to eat. Yeah, she she continues to be the delight of the show. Hi, Tilly was so much fun. Uh, the like the incident that Jaime described where she figures out that the captain is actually the emperor, where she just sort of says, oh, she's not, oh, okay. So then she's, oh, okay. Like it, she, her timing, her comedic timing right, is just right. fantastic. Yeah. She's just so yeah. much fun. <laughs> she really has become but, the most fun part of that show. By the way, she was just in the last episode of Baskets. Do you watch Baskets? I don't, but uh, I, I have been meaning to catch up with that one for a while because I really like... Uh, uh, yeah, Zach and Zach Zach Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the exchange at the beginning of the episode between Saru and the Emperor where she starts basically making sushi jokes. Does she? Yeah, well, she says... <laughs> oh, 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 that part. Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you meant Sarek. Yeah, Saru. Yeah, yeah, yeah where she's says, talking with Saru and she basically says, you know, oh... Gotten tough. Have you gotten yeah. tough, Mr. Saru? I can tell you require seasoning. And yes. then he sort of, you know, and she starts, to, she literally licks her lips. She like rags her tongue across yeah. her teeth. And yeah. he says, well, many find me unpalatable, you know, like, oh, right. just delightful. <laughs> just delightful. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, again, I love it. I, there's nothing I like better than when Tim makes huge proclamations. There's no way they're going to get through this in 45 minutes, but they, they somehow powered through it. I can't say it was a great great finale it really did sort of fizzle especially after that killer episode two episodes ago and a lot of build-up last week's episode was really a lot of build-up to this it kind of fizzled i didn't i didn't really yeah i I think that we were expecting some sort of like major cliffhanger like you know you know the emperor with her finger on the trigger of the bomb or whatever you know holding everybody at bay kind of thing but instead we get the emperor the, the enterprise which you know i don't know it's that's kind of an enterprise the movie kind of um or sorry star trek the movie kind of um, moment you know like I, do i really care yeah do you really care that the enterprise showed up at the end there well i mean it's a nice setup for next year and i'll i bet i mean i was in like I, I was in for next year are you gonna like was that more of a hook than what anything else they could have done um yeah i don't know i don't know i i, I don't know it's hard to say i think it was something that struck me as a uh a safer cliffhanger right because we were discussing last episode you know at what point did they make the decision about what they were going to do and are they going to end on like a hard cliffhanger or is it more of like, well, we kind of wrote this not knowing if we were going to have more seasons or not. Um, yeah, but if, if you look at something like The Walking Dead, right, when when they do a season-ending cliffhanger, it's a cliffhanger. You yeah, really but it's because they, they know, like, you know, now they know, like, oh, man, this is, like, easy money. We know 
for sure there's going to be a, a new season sort of thing, right? Or right. Discovery had saying, right. All sorts of things working against it. It was the the first Trek on TV, you know, in, in more than a decade. Sure. It was, um, you know, controversial because it's on CBS All Access in the United States and uh, casting and the tone. Like it had all sorts of things where I could see that they were like, all right, let's let's make it so that it's kind of self-contained and we don't feel bad or we don't make people feel bad because we didn't we didn't end the storyline and oops sorry folks sure. there's no season two right well it is kind of a safe ending too like yeah if there's no season two then then you know they end off with the enterprise showing up and we know that's where the next part of the story takes off right it's kind of like you know putting darth vader in the suit at the end of the last you know trilogy movie right so yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and the other question i had coming out of this one was um okay so laurel has maintained all along that her goal is to unite the houses right she follows the beliefs of takuma takuma is about uniting the 24 houses into one klingon people to you know bring them all together okay so their solution is hey we'll give you this trigger to the bomb that that way you can use it to leverage yourself as this new power and you get to theoretically lead the klingon people now we don't get for sure that she's now like uh, head of the high council or anything but clearly she's a player in the game but um so why doesn't she just unite the houses like she planned and then why wouldn't they just turn their attention to the fact that they had the federation and the starfleet on the ropes and crush them as a united people like wouldn't that make the most sense yeah i mean maybe it seems like it a it huge depends. like it, it's not like she was like oh thanks federation folks for giving me this tr- trigger now i'm going to use it to unite the people but i won't turn against like why like she has no allegiance to these people like why wouldn't she just I, unite yeah. them yeah i think like it was one of those episodes that could have used another 15 to 20 minutes because they could have thrown in a like like a we're we're looking at you right in the eye sort of thing like and if you you try to come attack us again guess what we still have our magic ship that can go plant another bomb that you don't control we'll shove another one in there right and leave a little bit of a um like a mutually assured destruction sort of situation set up yeah yeah maybe i just thought that was a weird sort of plot hole and that you know she maintained all along she's like i don't know you guys anything i don't like you like i'm you're killing on i follow takuma i'm not about you people like she she's very unrepentant in all this and yet they're like here have the trigger that guarantees that you're now a huge power player who doesn't like us right it's like giving the iran iranians weapons right yeah i i wonder mm-hmm. if we uh, at some point are going to see that thread pick back up you know like i i, I did see uh, an interview after the episode where um shazad latif who plays ash tyler says that uh he'll be back he'll be back next season okay so right. that is in the offing so you got to wonder if there's more Klingon. So will he come flying in from the left, left angle, left side of the screen when they're trying to blow up the Death Star kind of thing? Clearly. Right? Clearly. <laughs> I think he's going to come back as Harry Mudd's partner. You've got your gold. Go off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's true. We don't know that Harry Mudd and and, uh, and Tyler aren't in cahoots, right? Well, that would be a very complicated way to bring that all around. Mm-hmm. So what's your other comment here on the notes about medals and stuff? Oh, well, I was just, I, I found myself watching the medal ceremony at the end where uh, so they make a point of saying okay well so Burnham gets her commission back so she's back in Starfleet she's the new science officer for the Enterprise okay well I think we all saw that Discovery. coming or, yeah, Enterprise, yeah. for a disco okay there you go um, they make a point of, of showing us Stamets holding the medal 
that he gets, but also that the medal that's for uh, Culber, you know, a posthumous medal. I'm not sure what he got that for because I'm not sure what he did to merit a medal he, in all he this. Died with honor. I I, I guess he he died yeah, like a purple heart. He equipment. died on a on a, a medical bay floor. I mean, I don't know. Um, so so he gets a medal. He gets a medal. We see Saru gets a medal, and uh, they also make a point of giving Tilly a medal, and Tilly also gets accepted into the officer training program, the command training right, program, yeah, yeah. which is what she's been after all this season. So we get like happy endings for everybody, and I just kept immediately flashing to the end of Star Wars thinking, well, Chewbacca didn't get a medal. How come all these guys got medals? Right, right. Where's Joey's well, medal? Like, just, I wanted the camera to pan like one more guy over, and just as like a funny nod for there to be like a hairy crew member who's got a medal pinned to him. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, and the other thing too is, is, is comes, comes back to this, you know, like as we said in the last episode, you know, Tyler, who, or, or somebody embodying the body of Tyler snaps the neck of, of a fellow officer, and yet they put a Apple watch on him and let him wander around the cafeteria and, you know, have apple pie and stuff with everybody, right? And then in this episode, Michael Burnham, who still mute, had, was head of a mutiny and did, you know, was involved in the death of her captain, is forgiven. Like, I don't get that that sort of, like, lack of justice in, in this Star Trek universe. Well, right? or, you got to wonder how they spin that. Maybe it'll come back around and they'll do a little, you know, back explanation down the road. But maybe well, they spin that as, well, she didn't really commit mutiny. It was all about this plot to win the war or some... Giorgio oh, back from the right, head, right? Yeah, like Admiral Cornwell has not has shown that she's not above lying to serve a purpose. So maybe they just say, right. "Yeah, we we said she was a mutineer, but she wasn't really a mutineer. She was actually on a special sleepaway camp for not mutineers." Yeah, right, right. That's why my uh, head I, cannon fills it in and says she's got dirt on Sarek and yeah. Cornwell. I want and my so commission back. Plays yeah. into it, and if you look at it from a like a real world perspective, like yeah, you know, if you had like the child of a, a u.s senator like yeah guess what they're probably going to get away with it right yeah u.s politicians uh, are very powerful and they can sway the justice system and I've, i just assumed in my head can it sort of way that this sort of happened here with like sarek is obviously a very well-known and powerful person yeah but you know what the the whole it comes back to and i think everybody who who's a fan of the the um, original series is sitting here like thinking like i'm thinking the the federation at that point in time whereas it was portrayed in the 60s was was like very pure and, and honorable and and you know they wouldn't they wouldn't have stood for stuff like this like and i think that you know the angst that michael burnham's character had in the fact that she was once this high-ranking you know officer in the in the federation and then totally messed up right to the point where they were going to throw her in jail for the rest of her life you know they kind of redeemed her by allowing her to run around and help with this this thing but you know exonerating her of her crimes i mean doesn't make sense like i think i think as a character as a character device she would have been much better still being the well here's a here's a medal thanks for helping us out but we're, we're still you're still going to be you know persona non grata as far as officer material goes and that kind of yeah stuff, right? I, I still think after 15 episodes of her being sort of on the outs i think it would have really started to drag if they were like well you don't really fit in here even though she's clearly won the favor of her captain her crew starfleet and everybody else she's redeemed herself that was the whole point of the season it was the redemption arc she made a bad decision 
okay. she's got a redemption arc. Okay, well, fine. I, yeah, I'm not sure it would have. I'm not sure we could have done another 15 episodes of her being, you know, well, I'm still on the outside looking in and doesn't fit in. Although now she really just sort of falls into that Spocky role of like stand off to the side of the captain and say yeah smart things yeah. and Trekkies and argue with the medical officer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. do do a little Trek explanation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do think that it did make sense. Uh, sort of like where can they go? Standpoint is it, it, he stated there that all right the the crew certainly feels differently about her because she's been there in the battles. Um, I wonder if they'll have even just like a moment or two or a very short scene about how like the rest of the Federation and Starfleet still feels right because we saw her in one of the early episodes where the people on the the crew the sorry the prison uh, ship were like not happy with her right that they they viewed her very negatively and I I think you could play into both of those where you could have a scene where they encounter somebody who's like obviously very agitated and angry at, at Michael Burnham and then have like Tilly come in and, and like attack and be like no blah 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 she's earned her place and right, you know right. paid off her debt you know that sort of thing and it would work but really re- well but realistically the Federation TMZ channel is going to be all over this like why how come she like, <laughs> like I just said how come she's able to kill these people one day and now she's like this you know this hero right <laughs> you know what I mean like in reality like the, the, the reality TV people would be all over her right exactly like it's a conspiracy of some type they would be they'd be looking for you know some stone to unturn right yeah overturn and we and we end up of course with the uh, the classic Star Trek theme to spin us out too which is uh, like a nice way to close the first season the Alexander Courage classic theme yeah redone but still yes yeah, yeah which again leads into the okay so this this dovetails into the you know now you can just spin up the, the you know the original series and watch that again right because this this show ends up ending where that one begins it practically ends up near the cage right like as, as I just said right remember that episode the where they met that ship with the spore drive <laughs> <laughs> oh no wait yeah. I totally don't remember they did actually that's the part we didn't really touch on they did say that yeah. that uh, they, they do explain why they are not suddenly going back to using that is that uh, Stamets says that Starfleet has decided that they shouldn't use right. humans as the, uh, the but it's okay to use what the what were those things called the um, the tardigrade the tar yeah the tardigrade yeah. yeah. it's okay to use them until they're exhausted right yeah um, yeah you're right you're right I mean that that's that's another another hole there so this whole spore drive technology the whole mycelial network I don't remember Kirk or Spock ever talking about that you know yeah but they still have time to deal with it though right because uh, what you're talking about is that it, it leads into like a pilot episode for the original series but there's still a, a pretty big gap there and it's not like we haven't had series with overlaps before like um tng to ds9 and ds9 to voyager so it's not yeah. as if they they line up perfectly so they, they still have time and opportunity to say oh guess what um q has come in and, and poisoned the mycelial network so nobody can use it but it's still there so right. that, you know life doesn't die you know whatever hand wavy reason yeah there's... they still have the piece there that they can use in an emergency like all right starfleet doesn't want us to use it but guess what we're about to die we need to warp out of here yeah yeah, yeah. i think it's it's just it's it's a convenient plot hole but there it goes yeah yeah okay listen we have a ton of trailers to get to which we skipped last week so we should we should uh, try not to whip through these but we gotta whip through them all right we will so whip through the trailers let's do the holy trailers batman holy trailers batman so starting on super bowl weekend uh since then we've just gotten hammered with extended commercials and trailers so uh i'll right. run through the list and then we'll have a little chit chat about these so we got sure. our first trailer for solo a star wars story we got a new trailer for avengers infinity war we got a new jurassic world 2 
Uh, right. We got our first trailer for Westworld Season 2 and a premiere date. It's coming out on April 22nd. That's awesome. Uh, we yeah. got a new Mission Impossible Fallout blah, movie trailer. Uh, we got Castle Rock, the first one for the new Stephen King set series. We got a new sure. Deadpool 2 trailer starring Cable, which was hilarious and awesome. We got mm-hmm. a new Jessica Jones Season 2 trailer that's coming out next month. We got a new our first look at Venom in a Venom trailer, although, frankly, Venom wasn't in the trailer, so I don't know why they call it a Venom trailer. And we got a new Rampage trailer, which I watched today, and it, I'm sorry, but that movie just looks yeah. so Dwayne Rock, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson awesome. I just, I, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, and of course the wolf flies, right? Of course the wolf flies. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's uh, let's jump into Solo, a Star Wars story. What are your first impressions from that one, guys? Uh, look good. Does it? Yeah. Does I, it? I think for me, it looks promising. <laughs> so I think it's the same sort of thought I had with Rogue One, where I was like, all right, I'll go see that movie. Um, yeah. It wasn't like, oh my god, I have to see that movie. It wasn't no, that level. No. But it also didn't mean to think, oh, holy smokes, that's a terrible thing. I'm not going to see that. No no red flags, anyone? Anyone except for the fact that we only got like one line from the star of the show in the entire trailer? Yeah, yeah. That but is a bad sign. You don't find that a little concerning? Very, it seems a little um, a little odd. And maybe they'll do, what do they call it? Is it ADR? Where they, yeah. they dub over somebody's existing performance? Well, uh, and the rumor was that when uh, they were having production problems, they actually brought in an acting coach to work with Alden Ehrenreich, who plays no Han Solo. Um, so apparently he was having a tough time. Now, again, this is just rumors. We have no proof of this, but that was part of the whole, this production is faltering issue, was that he was apparently having a really tough time getting the character and, really? and getting the performance. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you see a tra- first trailer like this, this does not do well to dissuade those fears of, hey, wait a minute, mm-hmm. the movie's called Solo. It's about Han Solo. Is he going to be the worst thing in this movie? Because <laughs> there's no question in my mind Donald Glover is going to be the best thing in this movie. He is going to crush as Lando. He looks so so fly in that outfit. The yellow shirt. Oh, it's awesome. He's going to be so good. But it's not called Lando, a Star Wars story, which frankly maybe it should. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm st- you know, we talked about this in our 2018 movie preview. I was not a whole way in on this movie and I'm still not all the way in on this movie right, yet. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still, there's some warning flags, you know? Yeah, by the way, did you hear that George Lucas had, had announced that he was going to do a, a solo movie? No. <laughs> that was announced today. He had he had in the works he was going to do one. Oh. I don't know why he decided not to, but... Well, I heard that he showed up on... That should make this movie sound better already, right? Yeah, I, I heard he showed up on <laughs> set and had an idea yeah, he, that Ron Howard used. Yeah, he directed the scene apparently, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... Sure. So we'll, well, it is we'll, Ron Howard. Ron Howard doesn't hasn't got a, a reputation of wrecking movies, right? No, so. but I mean, the question is in the same way that I liked Rogue One a lot. I thought there was a lot of good stuff yeah. in there. Yeah, but it was very disjointed. It clearly felt like movie making by committee. It felt right. like in the same thing with Suicide Squad. Some of these movies that have had you know a couple of directors and clearly a lot of time in the editing bay. Rogue One, it feels like a bunch of movies glued together. I'm worried about this one feeling the same way where they're like eh okay so the guy who's going to be solo is not that great let's maybe see if right. we'll film more scenes with these other characters I mean the cast they have around him is phenomenal they got Woody Harrelson they've got the girl yeah. from Game of Thrones Amelia, uh, Amelia Clark uh, yeah. they've got Donald Glover who's like the best thing on television right now with Atlanta like they've got a, a killer cast built up around him so, oh wait Atlanta have you seen Atlanta yeah is it good yeah it's really good oh okay yeah. I just saw a trailer for 
it. Yeah, season two is coming out this year, and I can't wait. It's such a good show. I, mm. I'm, you know, I just I'm I'm heartened by the fact that it's got this really good cast around it. But again, the movie's called Solo. It's supposed to be about how cool Han Solo is. This is one of the coolest, most iconic characters. This is the Fonzie of my generation. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I I don't have a good feeling. You about don't want this. Joni and Chachi, in other words, right? Yeah, I, I mean, again, if they'd called it Lando, a Star Wars story, I'd be all in. <laughs> yeah, and frankly, if they're not starting production on Lando, a Star Wars series after this, a Star Wars story after this, I I don't know what they're thinking. Uh, I really don't. Okay. <laughs> um, so we saw a new Infinity War trailer. Anything? Any reflections on that one? Don't know that I saw it. Blows it up real good. Add, it didn't add a lot to the previous one. So um, Unchained. Still very excited to see the movie. Jurassic- I don't recall seeing anything drastically new in that one. Yeah, Jurassic World Two. Just kind of a longer look, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah very very similar. We're not much different than the first trailer. Kind of a same kind of feel. So. Yep. Mm. Uh, Westworld season two. We got uh, the the running weird, yeah. of the weird robot bulls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll have to binge season one at some point because I've I've not uh, been into Westworld, so I need to I need to catch up with all the cool kids. Oh, yeah, you should dive into that one again. It's it's a sumptuous show. It's really really just beautiful mm-hmm, to look mm-hmm. at. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout again. Eleven. I think it's not, well, Mission Impossible Eleven or something. Like not that. not enough money in the world. Uh, yeah. uh, Castle Rock again. Interesting. I you know there's a few weird interesting Stephen King overlapping things in there. There's a, a Shawshank Redemption tie in at one point. He's reading a newspaper that says May shoots himself or a prison warden shoots himself uh yeah i I still don't know how they stitch those worlds together but i'm i'm keen Mm -hmm. yeah this was a hulu exclusive is that Mm -hmm. correct yeah okay so i might have to uh use the money i was already spending on cbs all access cancel that (laughs) and then spend on hulu to watch this and uh runaway hands made tail or something yeah and runaways too yeah Yeah. Yeah. uh deadpool 2 again yeah so much fun we got our first really good look at cable uh we got uh, a lot of you know silliness and fun with the uh, Toy Story homage. Uh, again, and, and lots of just blowing up good, lots of returning characters. Like, it just it, it just looked delightful. Again, I, they look like they're having a lot of fun just chewing up scenery and spitting it out and blowing things up. Like, it just looks like it's going to be as fun as the last one. Yeah, and the trailer has a, a dig at Justice League at the very beginning that's uh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jessica Jones Season 2, again, dark, really dark. Uh, and, and a strange purple cat casting to some of the uh, lighting in that one. What do you think about that? Purple. I'm not as familiar with Jessica Jones's character in the comic, so I literally have no idea what that even means. Well, the the her villain in the first one was uh was the Purple Man. That was that was the character's comic book name is the Purple Man. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, I wonder if we'll be seeing the return of the Purple Man or more backstory between the two of them. Well, mm-hmm. that's the question cuz cuz yeah, he was uh he's apparently been dealt with. Spoilers. Series, Spoilers. Right? Well, okay, whatever. <laughs> Uh, Venom. Did it's you guys see, been over a year. Did you guys see? Yeah, no, we're we're past the spoilers uh, yeah, limitations. Venom. Did you guys see the Venom trailer? No, I did. And you're right. I or maybe I did. I don't know. Like I, I understand. It's like oh, it's like a teaser. It's like yeah, but you, you you didn't even get to the point of teasing because if you want to do teaser and not really show what's happening, you do what the 2014 Godzilla movie does, where it's like oh, what is this? Is this like military dudes are jumping out of plane? Oh, it's Godzilla. Okay, you show a little bit of of the ridged back. You show 
most of it in, covered in clouds, and then you hear hear the roar, right? Um, granted, Venom doesn't really have like a, a notable sound that you could use, but you could have used like a little bit of hint in shadow, something other than like you know the movie uh, title card itself to give me a hint of what Venom was going to look like. Yeah, I, I it's just all I thought was like, wow, Tom Hardy the movie. Like it, I don't. Uh, I mean, I like Tom Hardy mm-hmm. a lot as an actor, but I didn't really get anything there that made me want to spend money in a theater to go see that. Um, it, although it does look dark again, it looks like, uh, you know, considering this is theoretically from the same studio that's doing the new Spider-Man reboots, right? This is Sony doing the Spider-Verse. It looks like a dark slice of that universe. Yeah. Um, I, I wish it well, and I, I hope we'll get a, a better <laughs> sort of teaser or full trailer because I sure would love to see how uh, they're interpreting Venom in this universe. And uh, our last trailer was just this week, uh, new Rampage trailer. Uh, again, it just, it looks, it looks so watchable. I, I It's, it's dumb, I know, but damned if that movie doesn't look watchable. Yeah, it, I felt very similar and it definitely did not dissuade me from my previous statement of, uh, I wanted to go see uh, The Rock's movies. Yeah, that, that is just right. a bowl full of popcorn and a wasted afternoon. Yeah. Okay. That's it. So that it Trailer-orama. Trailer-orama. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a few minutes to do some quick picks. So, Jonathan, you have an easy pick here. I have the easy pick of the week, uh, Black Panther. This movie looks like it's going to be everything. It's, you know, a huge uh, blockbuster in the making. Uh, apparently the pre-sales are monstrous. They're saying it's going to make... Uh, you know, in the ballpark of 150 to 200 million dollars the first weekend. Um, that's more money than any of the Captain America movies have made. That's mm-hmm. that's like you know Avengers uh, place. You know, a level of of movie selling, ticket selling. Uh, so this is going to be a huge flick. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see this world. We've seen lots of little teases of it, and it looks a really really interesting and intense. Again, it looks a little bit more, uh, a little less playful than perhaps the last few uh, efforts from the Marvel universe. It's not Thor Ragnarok rock with his tongue firmly planted in his cheek it looks very earnest but uh but boy does it look fantastic and i'm i can't wait to see what they come up with yeah looking forward to it same here the the reviews from um critics are coming in rather good as well so i'm very hopeful for that yeah all right and uh what do you got there Jaime? yeah you can't remember how many episodes it was ago that we talked about i had a pick about how star wars was saved in the edit so this goes uh kind of along a similar vein of um how editing can really change a movie even after it's been you know, filmed. This is called uh, The Incredibles, but in seven different genres. So it's interesting to see how they take scenes from the original Incredibles movie and uh, was it Jack Jack's Big Day or something? I forget what the second yeah, one is. Yeah. Like, a, like a Pixar short. Yep. Um, and it's rather timely because the new Incredibles 2 movie is coming out rather soon this year. And you can see how they change it to be like a film noir. They show it to be like a horror movie and all these other kind of completely different kind of styles using, you know, different editing tricks. So it's worth a, a watch just to see how people can do that sort of thing. Right. Which brings me to Peter Rabbit. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, I'm watching Peter, I'm looking at the trailer. I haven't really seen the trailer for Peter Rabbit, but I've seen pictures from it and I've seen bits and pieces of it and, and just sort of real quick snapshots as I've been flipping by my PVR and stuff like that. And I don't know, but I can just see parents scaring the hell out of a three-year-old by making them watch that movie. Yeah. Did you, did you hear about the Peter <laughs> Rabbit kerfuffle this week too? No. Mm-hmm. Was that? No. Was so that? apparently there's a scene in the film where uh, somebody is allergic to, I, I mean, I don't know, was it carrots? It's like blackberries or blueberries. Black, but yeah, there's, there's a, somebody has an allergy and, and they use it as a, you know, if you don't do what we say, it's a threatening, it's a bullying tactic. They're going oh, really? to hurt somebody really? with what they're allergic to. And so there has been such a backlash over this, uh, you know, use of this as a, a bullying tactic that they feel the need to put out a warning 
nothing saying, well, we acknowledge that this scene is not appropriate and we you know, encourage children not to do this. So it turned into a whole thing this week where lots of parent advocacy groups and all these different people on the uh, social media platforms have been up their tree about the fact that, you know, this is a horrible portrayal and kids will get bullied because people can realize they can use their allergies against them. And uh, so wow, yeah. there was a lot of soapbox climbing this week on this on this subject. And again, obviously, you know, you don't want people to, you know, kids to get the wrong messages. But, you know, uh, that's a strange, that's a strange twist to come from what seemed to be a very innocuous looking flick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just, so, some of the imagery, I just thought, you know, you know, I, I, and I do know of, um, I've heard of some kids like who like can't watch the, what was the, the movie with Michael J. Fox where he played a little mouse? Um, Stuart Little. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or cats like, uh, yes, that's right. Stuart Little. I think, I think one of my friend's kids was just horrified by Stuart Little and, and the cats and that one. Right. So yeah. I, Peter, a, Peter Rabbit has some sort of, you know, like dark moments in it. I remember that reading that book repeatedly as a kid and that's, you know, yeah. it's, it's an old fashioned book. It's not. Oh, yeah. I mean the, the hunter or the, the farmer's always yeah, like, the farmer's you know, going to murder the rabbits. You know, yeah, like, exactly. It, it, it was not sanitized. But murdering a watercolor rabbit you know, is not the same thing as murdering a CGI rabbit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess, or, I guess. Or having a, 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 CG, a CGI wolf or fox come into your face, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's definitely of that era, like... I mean, think about how. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll I'll take two different movies, two different Disney movies. So Moana, right? <laughs> Spoilers uh, for Moana. It ends rather non-violently. Like the the yeah. the, the final confrontation is very indirect, as opposed to again, spoilers for Sleeping Beauty. That witch that's like the problem. They straight yeah. up stab her in the chest. Yeah. Like, granted, she's a dragon, so it's a little less gory. But this was like the way you dealt right. with things in like the nineteen forties, nineteen fifties. You you stabbed things, right? You it was like a harsher life and like a grim fairy tales like very dark right. yeah, this could happen to you children sort of thing so stay on the straight and narrow yeah yeah well and uh, again i we grew up in an era where gargamel wanted to eat the smurfs every week i mean he wasn't like hey mm. i want to catch the smurfs because they're in my garden this wasn't fried you know he, he wanted to straight up eat these little guys you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it's a different world i guess yeah pc world i don't know i mean you know they're going to make these changes but in the same way that they're going to you know they're going to bring these things to life you know of, of course they're going to bring ip right it's all about IP. People know Peter Rabbit. People are like, oh, that's an innocuous thing. I'll take my children to see it. It uh, you know, amuses them for two hours, gets them out of my hair. And now there's being a lot of stuff read into these things. And I don't know. It's it's a strange thing. I, mean, I just wanted to bring up this little fluffy rabbit. We're going to go, you know, people are going to go see in the theaters. But oh, well, maybe it's a horror movie. Peter Rabbit, <laughs> The Dark Years. Exactly. Peter real Rabbit family friendly until the they carrots. end up in the gentleman's club. And you're like, wait a minute. Am I watching the same movie anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the part where he sort of, for no reason at all, says that's so fucking cool. I thought was, uh, <laughs> I thought that was over the top. Personally, I thought that was no need for that. Oh man, it's not my Peter Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're uh-huh. right, Peter. It is effing cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, effing cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Thanks for that. Well, we had All right. we had thongs on Star Trek this week. So our uh, G-strings, I think the Orion Slave Girls were... Yeah, they were not They were scantily clad. That's that's for sure. Uh, you just know somebody in a production office was like, how can we Game of Thrones up Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. Like that was the most um, Game of Thrones overt moment of the season, I think. That's true. Like, so, could there be a brothel? Like, okay, hang on. And a guy with a little finger? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Anyway, okay, well, I guess that's it. So, hey, how many people want to find you on the interrupts where they look? I'm on Twitter as at Dev with a hair. All right, and Jonathan, if people want to find you, sorry, Firewolf, if people want to find you. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I got to look and see if at Firewolf is on. Uh, well, you know, you just Twitter. have to, you can change your, your display name on, on uh, oh, you don't have to be JPK News. That's tempting. I'll, I'll have to look at that. Well, for the time being, I'm at JPK News on Twitter. Maybe, maybe Firewolf on Twitter. Yeah, soon. keep your eye I'm sure, keep your I'm eye sure for taken. that one. Yeah, I'm sure it's been taken. All right, my name is Tim. T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine and that's the best way to get a hold of me. Or you can always find Jaime and I listening if you listen to more than just code podcast. So there you go. Now you've been told. All right. So I guess, uh, yeah, we'll take a break for a bit and we'll uh, see you in the future. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the Spockcast website at spockcast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at SpockCast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpockCast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash SpockCast. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future. very exciting anyway time for us to take our bio breaks and uh meet up with mark can i ask one question before you go yeah mm-hmm. have you watched altered carbon yet i haven't watched altered carbon we were talking about that on the show but i, I you know what i've been watching is that uh, they they binged or they they um did a full season run of um legion so i've been watching that oh legion's good i like legion a lot yeah very strange it's i mean very, I, I know what... it's very trippy I, I i watched it week by week and i think week by week isn't as good i would like to have binged it it's it's oh really it's a little yeah. head scratchy you find yourself thinking like where where's everybody again what's going on because it's yeah. part of it is is inside this guy's brain right it's how he perceives yes. things yeah. Um, yeah and he's he's off his rocker so um but or, or is he well or is he or is he the only one who's sane yes um True. but it's it's really like i like the way it's shot and the actors there's so many good actors on that show mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah that's that's one of my favorites but i, I can I, see where the gene smart comes into it from fargo like you said because she played a really good character on fargo yeah you, you start seeing the world's colliding a little bit if you watch the Fargo show. Yeah. But, uh, I started yeah. watching Altered Carbon. I'm I'm halfway through at this point. Um, yeah, as a lot of nudity and a lot of blood, a lot okay. of nudity and a lot of blood. Some interesting ideas mixed into the, all the blood and the nudity. But uh, sure. I'm 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 keen to see how it play it pays off in the end. I I would say it's it's worth a watch anyways because it's pretty slick looking and some good ideas uh-huh, yeah. in there. I mean, yeah, it's got that that actor guy too from that. Uh, he was from that. It was guy. the Killing. Have you ever see the Killing? Oh yeah 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 yeah. 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 Guy who plays Detective Holder.
older and he was also uh robocop in the 20 right. 2013 yeah. 2014 edition yeah, yeah. is uh kinnaman joel joel kinnaman joel kinnaman yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. i think he's actually from the place where the killing was originally done like wasn't he associated with it somehow yeah i think he was uh like from finland or norway wherever the original one is from yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i think he was associated uh, with the original killing his which is real original. name is charles nordstrom and he's swedish apparently swedish swedish oh okay there you go hmm. yeah but, I've, I've gotten two or three episodes of alter carbon so just barely starting it yeah again it's 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 a bit of a slow burn you're sort of like what is happening here you kind of have to invest a little bit but yeah. uh you know the the gratuitous nudity and blood sort of uh, keeps it entertaining for a bit anyways while you, yes. while you try and pick up what the heck is happening but yeah I, i'm an, i'm i'm gonna fin- try and finish it off this week and see because this week's actually a really good hiatus week everything's over right now there's no shows on right right well, i did watch the trailer does that count uh yes that completely counts as watching <laughs> 10 hours of a netflix show <laughs> well there's so many netflix shows i gotta catch up on too that's the other thing right so yeah i keep watching this other cable television thing i'm not sure what the hell that's about yeah it again might, might catch this on. week i don't know what it's because the olympics are on there's oh yeah the olympics too that's mm-hmm. the other thing i've been watching i think the olympics too. are on so everything's although the olympics all weird because it's all first thing in the morning i've been putting it on uh, on my computer at work and just listening to it in the background while i write yeah did canada win the hockey game today uh good. was canada playing today canada usa canada usa oh the women's game tomorrow the women that tomorrow that's women's games i think oh it's either today. yeah i'm not gonna watch men's hockey this year. there's no nhl players i know i well i, I watched uh which i listened to, to a bit of the uh the first not russia game this morning and i yeah. i think i think that's the first jersey i want to buy for a while because it literally says like not russia on it on the jersey it says really? yeah because they got banned right they got they got yeah, banned okay. from the olympics for being yeah. like mass doping during the last olympics winter yeah, olympics yeah. so their jerseys are literally like red and white and they say olympic athlete from russia in like plain like the most plain fonted letters you can yeah. get it may as well say like not russia on the big letters on the front it's awesome it's so so mm-hmm. humiliating it's awesome i love it, it wow. i think the, by the big way big news today was i think the korean um women's hockey team played and they scored a goal nice so a, good for them big news. Yeah. yeah yeah the last i heard the women uh canadian women were 2-0 they beat finland uh 4-1 the other day that was yesterday so find hockey here where's hockey yeah i was just jazzed about the curling because the the doubles were on and we canada won gold and now the men's have just started so that's um, that's my sport so that's which, my jam which is this which is this curling foster and i've been watching the curling oh curling oh yeah i was wondering if foster was watching that i forced him i forced him i was like hey the gold medal game's on he's like the gold what now of what <laughs> yeah really come on yeah. man <laughs> get with that program you're literally uh, a curler come on yeah yeah so so oh canada canada february 14th 10, oh 10 p.m what so is that on right now yeah i guess so in progress says live live well you you can go watch it and oh uh score is zero zero well there you go after one period hmm. that's weird all right we'll get a we gotta run because mark will be chomping at the bit to in a few minutes all right okay. well go canada go and uh Woo-hoo. talk to you guys again sometime in the future yeah all right bye all right, all right talk to you later right, bye 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 Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.